fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, apparently you need to be really, 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 really afraid. You need to be paranoid. You need to be running around. It's almost like an episode of South Park where they have like the entire town of people running around, like breaking into stores, burning down buildings, just because they say that the outbreak of the Omicron variant, the explosion of COVID-19 cases from the Omicron is imminent in the country. Yeah. Hold on here. Oh. I'm so excited I knocked over my microphone. Give me one second here. Let me get this. <laughs> now, see, if I worked at a unionized radio station, I'd have to wait for someone to actually come and recorrect this and screw it back in for me. But yet, here we are, alas, we have to do it all by ourselves, the independent, wicked, wild workers that we are here on the program. Welcome into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. No matter where you may be watching or listening, your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Who do we have on the program today? Oh, that's right, Scott Shea. Author of the book Conspiracy U, talking about conspiracy theories on college campuses. Yeah. What are your kids learning when they're at university? And is it something somewhat educating? Or is it conspiracy theory? We'll talk about that with Scott Shea coming up at the bottom of the hour. Really excited. By the way, too, programming note for you. Those of you that listened to the program yesterday that we were going to have on Peter Navarro, former Trump advisor, on the program. And obviously, as you know, Democrats trying to dismiss and distract from what they're actually really working on by investigating the prior administration for stupid things. They're under an investigation right now for how the Trump administration handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I know. Now, they have subpoenaed Peter Navarro to come into the House committee to testify on what the Trump administration did during the COVID-19 pandemic, and he is ignoring that subpoena. So we'll get him on the show to talk about why he's ignoring it and what the administration actually did during the pandemic and how they handled it. Obviously, uh, they did relatively good things, I think, and the Biden administration losing their minds over the fact that it's not done and over yet, which is why now, even though they were supposed to end the pandemic here, it's now the the explosion is imminent, according to Biden officials. I don't want to talk about COVID much today, but that's the headline. Apparently, we have to do a COVID update every single day. Because why the heck not, right? And uh, they continue to try to scare you. Now, as far as I'm aware, one person has died from it in the United Kingdom. That's it. I have not heard of any other deaths. Maybe they've happened. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. The first case broke out in California a couple, like a week or two ago. Is that right? One or two weeks ago. And they're like, oh, they have mild symptoms because the Omicron variant is a mild symptom thing. Like every other virus, it's following the track of every other virus when it mutates. It can become more transmissible, less severe. So it's transmuted. It is now more more contagious. It's also less severe. But by golly, let's panic and everybody go out and get that third or fourth or fifth vaccine because that'll really do it this time. That one will really stop the uh, spread of the virus. You know, that biological thing that's airborne now that we're never going to have to get rid of. We have to just learn to deal with it. That, that You should be very scared of that. Just be fearful. Live in, live in a world of fear your entire life. Just wait for Democrats to save you every day. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to get to today. There is some good news. There is some bad news. There is some troubling news. And I don't really know how to feel about this one. 
it could be good news and maybe give us a little morale boost on our intelligence. It can also be not so good news, and it makes me very fearful of what the future actually has to hold. According to the latest study in studyfinds.org and our latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. Here's the headline from the latest study from studyfinds.org. The average person is just as smart as brain surgeons and aerospace engineers. Now, I have a very hard time with this story because then I think of everybody that voted for Joe Biden in the last election. See what I did there? Ah, see? See, we tied it all together there in politics. (laughs) Many people have heard the phrases, it's not rocket science or it's just not brain surgery. But what does that actually really mean? According to researchers in London, they found that the average person is just as intelligent as an aerospace engineer or a neurosurgeon. The study set out to test whether both phrases were actually uh, held up when scientists compared people in these jobs to members of the general population. Because apparently they're not part of the general population. They are above the general population. They are smarter. They are more intelligent. They are deeper thinkers. And they know things about the world more so than what we do. The findings reveal that the phrase, it's a walk in the park, is probably more appropriate. To settle the battle of which study authors compared intelligence of 329 aerospace engineers and 72 neurosurgeons to more than 18,000 people from other works of walks of life in the general population. All of the participants completed an online exam that measures six different fields of cognitive ability. These include spanning, uh, spanning planning and reasoning, working memory, attention, and emotion processing abilities. The team also accounted for each person's left or right handiness and their years of experience in their specific career during the exam. The results reveal that aerospace engineers and neurosurgeons displayed the same level of intelligence but differed in two specific areas. Aerospace engineers displayed better mental manipulation skills, while neurosurgeons had better semantic and problem-solving skills. Interesting. Now, taking this search and putting it at the 1,030-foot view here, I'm again, I don't know whether to say that hooray because we're all smart that way, which is really the proper way to handle this, and saying, you know what, any of us can become a neurosurgeon, any of us can become an aerospace engineer or a rocket scientist at any point in our life if we really applied ourselves to do so. We have that ability, we just have to apply ourselves. Now, I really enjoyed science, I really enjoyed math, so if I wanted to go down that road, I probably could have. And honestly, I was going to. I've told this story before, but in high school, I was actually, before I took a government class and before I took a debate class and went into debate competitions, I was actually focused on going to study on NASA and work for NASA and study aerospace engineering and astrophysics and astronomy. That was my goal. That's what I wanted to do. Then I started arguing politics and I realized it is a hell of a lot easier and it's way more fun to make people angry by arguing with them about ridiculous things. (laughs) <laughs> and look and lo and behold, now we have a new career in, in our future. So I was really going to go for that. But some people are really good at math and science. Other people are really good at literature and reading and writing and all that sort of stuff. Regardless, though, this is good news because we can apply ourselves. So I want that to be your motivation of the day, that you can become anything that you want to become if you can apply, if you choose to apply yourself to actually excel and do something really, really good. I think that's positive news. I teach my little girl that all the time, little voice of reason, that she can become anything she wants to. Right now, I think her proper choice and her uh, her number one choice is that she wants to become a ballerina and a doctor. Or is it a ballerina veterinarian? I can't remember, 
I think that's what she wants to be right now. I told her she's going to be president of the United States. And she goes, no, Dad, Dad, Donald Trump's president. I'm like, well, not anymore because someone stole it away from him. <laughs> See? I'm on a roll today. <laughs> Feeling really good. But I told her she could do anything in the world that she wants to. Anything that she sets her mind to, she can do. She can become a veterinarian and a ballerina and a boxer. She actually has really good uh, punching skills, and I've taught her those things for self-defense, and she does really good at that as well at seven years old. So I'm very proud. But she can do that. On the other flip of the coin here, with thinking that aerospace engineers and neurosurgeons are smarter, which they probably are because they've spent a long time studying, they spend a long time practicing their craft, and they are experts in their field. That's why they probably walk away with like $200,000 in student loans because they're in college forever. I couldn't last two years and I walked away from a four-year university and said, screw college, I'm going into broadcasting because <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. I, could, I couldn't deal with learning about the world through a book as opposed to going out and experiencing it. And a lot of people are that way. There's nothing wrong with that. You go to a trade school, you do your thing. But what's concerning to me is if they spend all that time in school to learn these crafts and they're not smarter than us, then does that raise the bar to their level or does that lower their bar to our level? I'm not quite sure. And if they are the neurosurgeons dealing with a brain surgery that I'm in, or if they are the rocket scientist that's making the next bomb for the government, I'm a little concerned if they had the same intelligence as we are. Because again, we have a very large portion of the population that doesn't use their brain a whole lot. And I say that with all the, <laughs> all the love in the world. For example, here's the latest headline from Politico.com. And this is very concerning to me, and it's very angering, and I'm going to have to try and calm myself down just a little bit. Have my little zen moment. Everybody take a deep breath in. We need to remember that Donald Trump was president of the United States at least one time in our life. Take another deep breath in. Realize again that Joe Biden is not going to be president for very long because he doesn't have the cognitive ability to maintain the level that he's at right now. Everybody breathe out. There is deeper political issues that go on, and these are individuals that are very smart in their field because they've, been, they've become career politicians their entire life, but yet it's very frustrating because they play the game in such a sleazy, dirty way that I'm done with it. And I think most of the population is done with it as well, which is why you see mama bears coming out of the woodwork and saying, you know what, I'm running a business, I'm taking care of the kids, I'm taking care of the husband, but by golly, I'm pissed off and I'm going to go run for office as well. That's why you see a lot of people that aren't in politics running for office right now. You have a truck driver. Let me repeat that. You have a truck driver that just beat the Senate president in the state of what was it? West Virginia or Virginia that just beat the state, the Senate uh, state Senate president in there in the last election because he was tired of the politics who has no political experience, but is a truck driver. You have Congressman Lauren Boebert from the western part of Colorado in Washington, D.C. now who owns a restaurant and who is a gun activist who is now a congresswoman because she's done with dealing with politics and she's out there going after Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The average person has awoken. You have woken up the beast. Remember in World War II, the Japanese, oh yeah, we have awoken a sleeping giant that was America after Pearl Harbor. That's what you've done with the average American by saying we have no say in our public education system, by saying that we just have to go along with your ridiculous vaccine mandates, by saying that our business is not essential, by saying that we just need to raise more taxes for people that are on the government dime that we're taking care of unnecessarily. We're tired of it. We're sick of it. And you've awoken the sleeping giant. 
And here's what I mean: internal politics right now. Senate President or Senate moves forward on raising the debt ceiling by two and a half trillion dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not be aware of it or not, but the debt ceiling will be raised by the end of the day today, on Tuesday, December fourteenth. The debt ceiling will be raised because no longer, apparently. Are we using the filibuster rule? We have suspended that temporarily. Why? Because of Mitch McConnell. We are going to raise the debt ceiling to a total of nearly $31 trillion. That's $2.5 trillion higher than what it is right now. As Democrats are trying to pass their federal budget, and they can't do it unless they get the debt ceiling raised. And they're just going to do it. They're going to pass it because there was a backdoor deal between Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell where Mitch McConnell has suspended the filibuster, meaning that they need three-fourths of a vote. They need 60 votes in order to pass this, and they've suspended that for a simple majority. They voted on it earlier today in the chamber at a 50-49 to party-line vote to open debate on the issue so that way they could pass it by the end of the day today and hope that it's on the president's desk. Now, why, I'm sure you're asking, is Mitch McConnell temporarily suspending the filibuster so that way they can have a simple majority vote? The answer, I'll answer when we get back from the break because we got to take a break here in just a second. Why are they doing this after after the deal between Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell? Where are we going to go from here with the filibuster and with the debt ceiling? Why are Republicans caving yet again? I really don't have a good answer for that one, but they are caving again. And what do we do about it going into the midterm election? We'll touch on all that in a moment here on a Tuesday. A lot thrown at you for the first part of the segment. Hell, welcome into the show. It's a post-Monday celebration. We have a lot to get to. I know you're getting set for holiday mode. Don't lose focus yet because there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed. Stay right here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are 24 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. By the way, programming note for you. We started it yesterday. It seemed a little rocky, but I think it's working pretty good now. If you don't have a radio station in your listening vicinity, we are all over the country. We're gaining more radio stations. We have another big thing coming up here soon that we'll talk to you about. But we are adding some new features to the website at HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. You can go on there and check it out. You can now listen to the show live with the audio, not the video on there right now. But the audio live is we ha- we do stream on Podbean live every single day. That's to host our podcast. We upload it to Podbean, which it goes out to all of your favorite podcasting sites. So if you listen on Spotify or YouTube or, or uh, iTunes or Google Play or Amazon Music or whatever, you can listen to any of it on any of those platforms. But Podbean also does a live stream, which does it on their website. But also now they have it for my website. So I put the encode uh, on there. You can listen to it. So you can go right to the website at whosyourreason.com. You can listen to us live there every single day, and that can be your new source if you don't have a radio station near you. If you do, then tune into your radio station and enjoy it right here. But you can go to the website, whosyourreason.com, and listen to it live stream right there. We're working on getting a chat room on there as well, right underneath it. So that way you can listen to it and chat and converse right there on the website, all on the homepage. So we're working on that feature. Lots more cool little features coming up here relatively soon, uh, hopefully by like beginning of the year-ish on the show. All right, so we have the Senate that may be passing the debt ceiling today on a 50. To, I'm wondering who the one Republican was that didn't vote, because right now we have a 50-50 tie, and then the tiebreaker would be the Vice President, Kamala Harris, who would come in, make that tie-breaking vote, and that's how they're able to ram through whatever they want to. And that's why I've been somewhat not really lenient on Republicans, but it's been frustrating because we can't really pass anything. So I haven't been really pushing Republicans to pass anything, we've been more so trying to just stop and obstruct because we want to obstruct a socialist agenda. It's not because we don't want to sing uh, sing Kumbaya and hold hands together. It's because we're tired of crappy liberal Democrat policies. They're just bad. They're terrible. They're horrible. They destroy the country. We recognize it. They're the ones that would be the IQ level apparently underneath the aerospace engineer and the neuroscientist. <laughs> Because they don't get the government doesn't solve anything for you. But apparently we're just going to raise the debt ceiling to $31 trillion by the end of the day today. Now, we had a filibuster rule in place. Thank God and Mitch McConnell has been uh, pushing that, saying if you're going re- to pass something, you have to do it without Republicans, and you're going to need to do it uh, with a filibuster because we're not changing the filibuster rule. And that's what he said since the beginning of the Biden administration. So how long exactly, again, let's let's play the little game here. How long exactly did it take for Mitch McConnell to cave on getting rid of the filibuster rule? Not, not totally, but just temporarily even suspending it right now. He said at the beginning of the Biden administration, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader right now in the Senate, said that we would not get rid of the filibuster rule. And if the Democrats even tried to remove the filibuster, then we wouldn't even vote to turn on the lights every single day in the Senate chambers, which they have to do. By the way, there's a process they have to do to actually open up the chamber and discuss things each and every day. And if the Democrats even attempted to get rid of that process, that we would remove that and we wouldn't even vote for that. It took him exactly 11 months. Yeah. 
And this is why people are sick and tired of politicians and sick and tired of Mitch McConnell. We're done with this Yahoo because he's apparently sat down with a sit-down meeting uh, behind closed doors with Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and has temporarily suspended that filibuster rule to where they need a simple majority vote to raise the debt ceiling $2.5 trillion to that grand total of over $31 trillion in order to get us through not for like ever, but just until 2023, another two years from now when we'd have to do it all over again, because that's when we're going to run out of money all over again. Why? I don't know. I don't know what this does to help Republicans going into a midterm election. You have essentially given Democrats the arson and the weapons and the tools to be able to get some momentum going into the midterm elections. Mitch McConnell has allowed Democrats the arson and the tools and the momentum to pass the bill for this $5 trillion boondoggle to go into the midterm saying that we've done something. When he could have said we're fiscally responsible, we're not raising the debt ceiling, figure something else out that's less less expensive. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a post-Monday celebration. Halfway through the show goes by way too fast. I don't care what any other show host says. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. We're multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming, podcasting. We still have some really exciting, cool stuff coming up for the new year. We have... Uh, just about, and I, I guess I can give you a little bit. HoosierMedia.com. It's not up yet. Don't go to it yet. But we are working on uh, the Hoosier Media Network and all some cool stuff there. And the website will be up and functioning here in the coming weeks. I want to say beginning of 2022 is when we want to do a big launch on that. So some really neat stuff along other great projects as well. So stay tuned in for that. You can find us. Follow us all over social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R. Again, like Hoosier, like the state, but without the I, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason, on all the social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, Instagram, TikTok, OurFreedomBook.com, and of course the website at HoosierReason.com. I don't want to waste any time. Super excited to get to our guest for the day in our latest of What's Trending. 
What's trending today? And I think he's going to be a new regular. I'm looking at his books here on his website, and we're going to have to have numerous different conversations about all the stuff that he does. He is the co-founder and chairman of Signature Bank. You can also find his writings in numerous different publications, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Daily News, Bloomberg, The Hill, Jewish Week, American Banker, and more. He is the author of his new book, Conspiracy You, a case study. Excited to have on the program Scott Shea with with us here. Scott, how are you, my friend? I am great. Good to be on the show with you, Andy. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here. This is a very interesting case. But I was looking at your uh, your website, scottshea.com, as well, and your other book, In Good Faith. We're going to have to have a conversation about that sometime as well, because that looks fascinating. That would be a pleasure. Yeah. I've, I've spoken all over the country and world on that book. I, I love it. I love it. Now, Conspiracy U, I attended two years of a four-state university at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. I ran the College Republicans. I realized that college was not my thing because I wanted to experience the world, not learn about it through a book, and I ended up leaving and going into broadcasting. But uh, the conspiracies are kind of an interesting conversation on university campuses because you get to talk to a lot of very interesting individuals. And is this kind of where your your case study takes you here? Well, here's the thing. Here's what people don't get, and here's the problem. There are conspiracy theories and I document them in the book, that are being taught as though there's scholarship on campus. There are people writing books at places like Duke University Press, Stanford University Press, or at least they're being published there, that are where you cannot understand them unless you've signed in to the conspiracy theory, which is like not being able to read a book unless you are already signed into QAnon or to something else or to a Sandy Hook or to some, some other conspiracy theory. Sure. And the thing that people don't get is that conspiracy conspiracy theories, first of all, are very dangerous, but they're not theories about conspiracies. You could have a theory that um, a virus was accidentally, purposely, however, released from the Wuhan lab. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you do documentation and you try to find evidence. You may be denied that evidence. You may be able to find it. You may not be able to find it. But you can either come to a conclusion that, yes, it's likely to happen. No, it's not likely to happen. Or we don't have enough evidence. We just don't know. Sure. But I document, for example, one professor at Northwestern University who has written a book called The Hoax of the 20th Century, where everything expands. No fact harms his conspiracy theory. He says that the Holocaust didn't happen. And yet there's a lot of facts, like thousands, tens of thousands of documents across that were found across Europe, documenting the Wannsee Conference, documenting the concentration camps, testimony from, uh, uh, from Germans who confessed to murder, confessed to running camps, confessed to being guards. And so what he does with a conspiracy theory, and this is the key point that people have to keep in mind, is Butts expands around it. So he says that Jews forged all these documents and that they were carefully planted by this evil cabal of people all across Europe to be, quote-unquote, accidentally discovered. And to use his word, Jews bamboozled, poor, innocent, hapless, but unsus- and unsuspecting Nazis to confess to crimes, crimes against humanity that they never committed or never thought of a committee. <laughs> wow. So anytime a fact is thrown out at him, the theory just expands around it. And that's the danger of a conspiracy theory because it's not falsifiable. It's the opposite of scholarship. And I give chapter and verse in the book how this is being taught. 
as fact. That's wild. I've never heard that conspiracy. I mean, I've heard people that try to deny the Holocaust from happening, but to actually try and make a case for it and, and say that this little breadcrumbs were dropped all over the place to try and lead down this road is very fascinating. Now, I have to admit, I... I like conspiracy theories personally for the entertainment, and I'll you know maybe agree with some or think like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense a little bit. But I like it in the sense that a conspiracy theory, at least at the beginning, will make individuals think or challenge their thought. And if they go down the road and they're like, wow, this is just way too crazy and there's no justification for this, okay, but you know what? It was entertaining and they go down on the road or they reinforce their argument of fact that hopefully, to me, a conspiracy theory should lead you to fact one way or the other by challenging the status quo i like it from that sense but when you go too far down the rabbit hole and then you don't you kind of lose sight of what you're doing that's i think what you're saying is a little dangerous isn't it well here's the thing again you're talking about a theory about a conspiracy sure a conspiracy theory and i show this in the book generally the people who start them historically have a political motivation Mm. for example the sandy hook conspiracy theory that there was no no massacre took place it was all done with actors from like alex jones yeah. nobody did anything that was the alex jones he if you like it or not he he's an advocate of not of he's an advocate against gun control sure and so it's okay to be it's one thing to advocate against gun control it's another thing to make something up sure uh, to, to to and what happens is and is it People who are susceptible, you're a thinker. Your listeners, hopefully, are thinkers. But people get wrapped up in these conspiracy theories, and we've seen it, where they show up and they commit strange acts because they just get caught up because there's a feeling that people love to have, that they have some sort of secret knowledge, that something's been revealed to them, that not everybody understands. And that's what motivates these and the, sadly, one of the things the research is clear, and everybody who's done research on this in a serious way finds, is sadly there's a lot of conspiracy theories against Jews, against Israel, and um, that seems to be a meeting point. And what I show in the book is I show conspiracy theories about Jews from the far right, neo-Nazis, and from the far left that end up saying, and this just stunned me, exactly the same thing. Wow. When you get to it, which I didn't expect to find Angela, I didn't expect people to find, you know, on the far left of like Angela Davis purporting conspiracy theories that are very similar and analogous to what Arthur Butts, who's a neo Nazi, is. Um, expounding. Yeah, well, let's and let's talk about some of those. It, it is. Let's talk about some of those because we do on the on the conservative end. I mean, I'm I'm a very conservative individual, limited government, laissez-faire, free market capitalist kind of guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but we get labeled as the conspiracy nuts, and they use the examples of you know either QAnon or Alex Jones and the Infowars thing, or it just we're labeled as oh you don't like the government, so therefore you don't trust them because you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. But what are some of the conspiracies that are on the left side of the aisle that they try to promote just as much? Well, I'm just going to take one because we started with the Holocaust one there about Professor Arthur Butts, tenured professor at Northwestern. I'm going to take Professor Stephen Salada. He writes, and I'm quoting him in a book that was um, published by a major university press, the Nazi Holocaust in Europe seems a direct antecedent to Israel's founding. There were plans from the outset of Zionism to rid the promised land of its indigenous population. And then he goes on, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the bottom line is he purports a multi-generational conspiracy in which 
the Jews caused the Holocaust wow. in order to take money from Germany and commit crimes against Palestinians. Nothing that he says makes sense. And if you read his book again, you have to already be in the conspiracy theory. So he's saying, as a far-left guy, the same thing that Arthur Butts is saying as a far-right guy, both with PhDs, both, you know. Uh, and that's the other strange thing that I found, Yeah, is that there are brilliant people. Arthur Butts, we, we might not have... Uh, computing power was greatly accelerated by Arthur Butts solving the, the Hilbert space curve uh, problem. And, and that's, you know, that's a good thing. On the other hand, when it comes to certain things, he's a conspiracy theorist. Sure. There are other, you know, professors on the left that I showed, they're rational. They're not crazy people when it comes to other things, but they get caught up in a conspiracy theory. So when you were talking before about how you can have some fun with it, well, people, once they get inside, it's like, you know, they're, they, they enter the Marvel, you know, comic universe. They enter, yeah. they enter another it's realm and they, they, yeah, it's bizarre. And we have to call it out because at campus, more and more people are being taught not how to think, but what to think. And that's and the that's most dangerous thing. What yeah. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say in this book is that we need people to understand how to have critical thinking. Yeah. And to a certain degree, universities have shifted from places where you learn critical thinking to places where you learn what to think. And when we're all thinking the same thing, nobody's thinking at all. Yeah. Amen to that. We're talking with Scott Shea, ScottShea.com. We got to take a hard break here. I, uh, do you have time? Can you stick over one more segment with us or do you got to go? I uh, can stick on until just before six. I have just before, okay. We got just a couple there. minutes. Yeah, if you could stick over just a couple more minutes, I'd love to continue this conversation because I really want to talk about the QAnon uh, issue because I think that's a big one that's kind of been uh, kind of a, a conspiracy floating around over the last year or so as well with the elections. We're talking with Scott Shea. ScottShea.com, Conspiracy You, a case study. I could talk to this guy for hours. We've got so much to try and get to. We'll talk with him just a couple more minutes when we come back here on the program. It's a post-Monday celebration right here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the place. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Lots to get to. We have a lot of guests coming on the program over the next couple of days. Peter Navarro, former Trump advisor, he'll be joining us here tomorrow right at the beginning of the show, 4 p.m. Central Time. And you can listen right here at HoosierReason.com and all over the country. Uh, this guy, Scott Shea. ScottShea.com is the website. You can visit and see all his books, all the great stuff that he does. Author of the book, Conspiracy You, a case study. And Scott, I appreciate the time. I know that you have some other stuff going on as well. So giving us a couple extra minutes, I really appreciate it. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. But I, I'm very curious because we didn't get a chance to, and I wanted to bring it up. The QAnon movement. Uh, in in terms of conspiracy theories, I know a lot of people personally that bought really into the to the QAnon stuff. I thought it was entertaining. I I went along with it for a while to kind of see what was happening. But I think we've missed like I don't know five or six or seven different dates that they said was going to be the time where the military was going to take over, remove Biden, place Trump back in as uh, commander in chief in the country. So I've kind of lost a little bit of respect for the whole QAnon thing along with some of the stuff that I think people have taken way too far in that one. But is this, the QAnon thing, one of the examples that you see as one of the dangerous conspiracies out there right now? Yes. The answer to that is yes. Look, QAnon is not taught in college um, because it's from a, it's a, it's a right and a far-right um, uh, originating conspiracy theory. Um, interestingly enough, it also does have... Um, and some anti-Semitic and anti-Semitic tropes, which uh, is another commonality of conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, and the thing, the thing is, is that the difference, and this is again what I don't think most people uh, have have recognized, is that while conspiracy theories on the right are trafficked primarily on the web, conspiracy theories on the left are trafficked primarily. At universities, and on, and that's that's just, you know it's very hard to be a, a conservative at a university. As a matter of fact, the ratio of conservative to um, the ratio there's one there's one conservative professor for every twelve sure. um, liberal professors, and the conservative professors don't come out as conservative until after they've got tenure. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and so what's happening is that um, 
there's no home for there's no home. As a matter of fact, I show another person who was a researcher at Northwestern, who when his far right blog came out and he was exposed, he committed suicide. Wow, that's how bad it is. Um, now I'm not suggesting that what he wrote was correct or good, but um, it's that it's that bad. And yet, far left conspiracy theories, people get promoted. Sure. Um, I will t- let's take Rutgers. Let's take another university. Um, there's a professor Jasper Puar that I talk about in the book. Um, she takes anything good. Again, don't forget conspiracy theories have a generally have an anti-Semitic thread. Um, she says that the reason that Israel provides uh, medical assistance to Palestinians and to places that have had disasters is so that they can mine organs, so that they can take organs and harvest them and use them elsewhere. Um, again, ridiculous theory. Um, no facts. And um, she has admitted that she turns the speculative into the now. So it, in other words, she turns what she makes up and what people make up into seeming like fact. Sure. So, And she won an award for that book, by the way. Wow. She yeah. won an award from the Women's Studies Association for best book. This is a book that you have to be a conspiracy theorist to get. So time and time again, I can I show how on the far right and far left, um, these conspiracy theories are being trafficked as though they are true. People believed in QAnon and they acted on it. Yeah. And that's really, really wrong. I mean, really, really wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and again, it, it goes to the line between entertainment and, you know, a dangerous line. But you're right. I mean, just with the how they try to promote these between, you know, Internet trolls and, and from, like you said, the universities on the left. we got about 30 seconds here. But my question is, why is it always the anti-Semitic? Why is it the Jews everybody goes after? Like the conspiracy? Let's hate on the Jews. <laughs> I don't get that concept. <laughs> well, I'll give you a deep reason in, on one foot. It's because I think that essentially far, far right and far, far left are both idolatrous, and the Jews somehow represent the Bible, which is a one God scripture. Yeah. And one thing an idolater knows for sure is there's always some bigger God around. Mm, there it is. And they want to and they want to knock that God down. That's but interesting. That requires a half hour to, to really unpack that. We, we got to get you back on the show. It's Scott Shea, scottshea.com. Go check out the books, Conspiracy, you a case study. Scott, let's do this again real soon. I got to talk to you again. A pleasure. Take care. Hey, you as Bye-bye. well. Appreciate that very much. We can visit him. We'll get him back on the show again, scottshea.com. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, We're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.